Welcome to my podcast, Man Made. It's admittedly a provocative title. It's meant to be. It captures my desire to be of service, to be a part of the movement, encouraging us all to hold men and boys in high esteem. In high esteem for who they are and for the important and different contributions that they make. My podcast will tackle head-on the negativity that has been and continues to be directed towards men. And each week I'll also be appreciating the act of a good man. And because I loved going to football matches as a young woman, I always start with, here we go, here we go, here we go. (laughs) And the title of this episode is Dr. Warren Farrell talks about the ideal family setup. This episode continues to explore and comment on Jan Jakelek's interview with Dr. Warren Farrell. Both men have been introduced in previous episodes. This time, as the title suggests, I'm focusing on the dynamics of what Farrell presents as the ideal family setup. The ideal family setup for children in general, but for boys in particular. Farrell told Jukelik that when he did his research for his The Boy Crisis book, he found that the children who do best have what he calls checks and balances parenting. This happens where the mum's contributions are paid attention to and respected and the dad's contributions are paid attention to and respected and the parents negotiate the differences between them. A delightful and helpful vignette of such a negotiation is offered. It focuses on a tree in the backyard. Farrell says, Mum doesn't want the children to climb too high. Dad says climbing high will be good for them. It turns out that climbing trees is good for a child. However, not if the child falls out of the tree from a high level and there's nobody there to cushion their fall. That could actually be the end of the child. Such a negotiation consists of the balancing of, on the one hand, the child can climb the tree faster and at a younger age than mum is comfortable with, and on the other hand, maybe dad needs to be under the tree to catch a falling child. There may be certain parts of the tree that should be out of bounds, and maybe the dad shouldn't have his cell phone with him while he's protecting the child. In this way, Farrell says, the child gets the benefits of mum and dad's contribution. These are what, as a transactional analyst, I would call adult-to-adult transactions, both parties communicating from an I'm OK, you're OK place. There's goodwill and collaboration here. And mum and dad create between them a risk-assessed, risk-managed, fun adventure for their child. Farrell told you, Kelly, if you can't get the biological dad involved, then make sure you get your children involved in sports and not just organised team sports that help prepare them for life in a corporation, but also more spontaneous pick-up team sports, where children create their own rules, decide which friends they're going to trust and which friends they're not going to trust. In a pick-up team, they're spontaneously creating and contributing to the team activity, largely through their own efforts, what Farrell calls the liberal arts of sports. Finally, Farrell suggests, there is a different value in individual sports where it takes largely an individual's own efforts to succeed at that sport, like tennis or gymnastics. He acknowledges all of these sports are very good for child development. Continuing his advice about if there isn't a biological dad involved, 
He says, get boys involved in boys' clubs or in activities where they're helping other people. He suggests, for example, making Thanksgiving and other such days not only about them and their family, but about going out into the community, perhaps to see how less advantaged people are living and to help them out. The more that children contribute to others, he says, the less self-centred they become. Yakelek found that idea fascinating and said, of course, these don't have to be faith-based groups, right? To which Farrell tells him, correct, absolutely not. But faith-based groups in general, and a male minister in particular, can be very helpful for a fatherless boy who's experiencing some of the difficulties described in the Boy Crisis book. Yakelek then plays devil's advocate. He points out that Farrell describes the gender roles in a very traditional way and asks him, is that how it needs to be? Farrell's response is, definitely not. He explains from his perspective how historically we had traditional gender roles. Women raised children and men raised money and neither sex had the freedom to be who they wanted to be. That was when, he says, we needed a very high percentage of males to be soldiers, to kill or be killed. He goes on, at a time when there was a very strong demand for large numbers of men to be willing to die in war or to be the sole breadwinners, males had to forget about what they felt, what they wanted and who they wanted to be. They had to be willing to be disposable. That was the essence of masculinity. Farrell then referred to the radical feminist concept of male privilege, saying, being disposable is not quite male privilege. As I understand Farrell, he's always been an equality feminist. His vision, like that of Betty Friedan, was that once women enjoyed more economic freedom and equality and their roles became more fluid, then men's roles also didn't need to be so rigid. Reversing roles, Farrell points out, is something that we have the freedom to do for the first time in history, and it can be very enhancing to men and women. He doesn't see a need anymore for a woman's movement that blames men or a men's movement that blames women. But he does see a continuing need for a gender liberation movement, freeing men and women from the rigid roles of the past, with even more flexible roles emerging for our future. Farrell's ideal is that a father and mother together get to know their children and discover what their natural personalities are and then help them to fulfil the potential of those natural personalities. And that most of the time, men will be more likely to help in one way and women more likely to help in another way, with there being plenty of potential for a crossover of traits. And either one could be full-time parent, the full-time breadwinner, or a combination of both. To conclude this episode in his interview with Yakelik, Farrell speaks only about the traditional family form, a heterosexual couple, mum and dad, with a child or children. I think it's important to point out that a majority of children do still live in this traditional family form for at least some of their early life. I also want to mention and respect all the other different ways a family can be constituted and present my own brief blueprint. It's possible, I think, that whatever way a family is constituted, the children will benefit from the checks and balances of partners, or in the case of a single mum or dad, the checks and balances may come from the extended family, from friends, or a helpful organisation. In conclusion, 
My opinion is that all the complex needs of a child can be condensed into two words, nurture and structure. And as long as there's a good enough balance of these two phenomena at all the developmental stages, together with at least one role model of the same sex as the child, there'll be positive outcomes for everyone. And now it's time for Good Guy of the Week. Drum roll, please. This is a great story from November of last year. Richard Wilbanks, aged 74, from Florida, was minding his own business in his backyard with his dog. He says, We were just walking out by the pond and it came out of the water like a missile. I never thought an alligator could be that fast. Quick as a flash, the alligator gobbled up Gunner, Richard's beloved Cavalier King Charles Spaniel. In this Edge of Your Seat video, the link's in the transcript, the retiree jumps in and rushes under the water to rescue his pet. He pries open the reptile's jaws, which he later says was extremely hard in an attempt to rescue his three-month-old pup. In this hair-raising footage, Richard apparently fearlessly, successfully liberates his helpless and whimpering dog from the jaws of the predator, saving the pup from certain death. The dramatic rescue was captured on surveillance cameras that were set up in the area through a partnership between the Florida Wildlife Federation and the F-Stop Foundation, a not-for-profit photographic enterprise focused on education and conservation. Afterwards, the brave pup owner said, Thankfully, Gunner only had one little puncture wound, but my hands were very chewed up. 74-years-old Richard was applauded and praised in the social media for his courage and for saving the life of his puppy. Gunner is doing really well after a trip to the vets, while Richard received a tetanus shot for his injuries. He says he's now being more careful while taking the dog out for walks, making sure to keep him on a leash and maintaining a distance of at least 10 feet from the pond. Well done, Mr Richard Wilbanks. You are a hero. Applause, please. Thank you, that man. Thank you. Thank you. Until next week, practice gratitude and compassion towards everyone and take care of everyone, including our men and boy folk.